You're listening to Second Breaks. This is episode number 84. so much for tuning in for another episode of Second Breaks, a weekly show where we explore all the ways that you can make a career move in today's fast-changing world of work. My name is Lou Blazer. I am your host. I'm also a fellow Second Breaker. And you know what? I'm also the founder of the End Thriving Network, which is something that I'm quite excited to talk about these days because in a few weeks... The doors to Ant Driving will reopen and we will be accepting new members again. So it is exciting times here at Blazer headquarters, let me tell you. Now, what is Ant Driving, you ask? Good question, let me tell you. Ant Driving is a... I guess you can call it an all-in-one resource for folks who are making a career move. It is a training program, yes, because inside Ant Driving, you will have access to my signature framework for making a confident pivot, rightfully called the confident pivot. (laughs) It is a five-part framework that helps you design your path forward, makes decisions around your options, helps you choose the right strategy and come up with an action plan that best suits your circumstances. Uh, Ant Thriving is also a mentoring service. You'll get one-on-one support on your career move throughout the year. So even after you've worked the framework, there is one-on-one weekly one-on-one support that you can avail of. It is a professional network and a community where you get to develop relationships with other professionals across diverse industries and specialities. Now, Unthriving is a membership community. There are other benefits to your membership in addition to the ones that I've already talked about. And as I mentioned earlier, we will be accepting new members shortly. So if you want to hear about it, you want to make sure that you know when the door is open because it's only going to be open for a few days. The best thing to do is to add your name to the waitlist. You can go to andthriving.net to add your name to the waitlist, or you can just go to the show notes for this episode and you will find the link there as well. The show notes for this episode is at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 84. Okie dokie, let's get on with the show. My guest today is Margaret Vandergriff, who had been working in the nonprofit world for 25 years as a freelance grant writer. Now, she's made a pivot in recent years, and her choice of a new career was largely informed and influenced by her own personal experiences. In this episode, Margaret traces her career path from the time that she initially considered a career in classical music to freelance grant writing for nonprofit organizations to her most recent pivot helping empty nesters and folks who are looking to move geographically. There are two things that I found worth noting about her career move. One uh, is her decision to carve a role for herself in a very unique and specific niche. And two, 
Her work today is one of those that's only made possible by the internet and the easy availability of data. Without these technologies, it would have been virtually impossible to provide the services that she's currently offering, or at least it would have been entirely cost prohibitive. And this last point is always something that I like to flag whenever I run into it because it is something to remember about the world of work that we live in today. Yes, you can say that things are more competitive, it's constantly changing, which makes it more challenging, but there are also so many different things that we can do now that we can't have possibly considered 10 to 15 years ago. And this opens up new possibilities and opportunities for career choices for all of us. And Margaret's career choice today is a good example of that. Okie dokie, let me step out of the way here and introduce Margaret Vandergriff. I'll catch up with you at the back end. I grew up in San Francisco and I, um, I briefly thought when I was in high school I wanted to be a classical guitar major. So I went to college and I went to music, you know, study music performance. And it wasn't long before I realized, you know, this is really not for me. I couldn't really figure out what I wanted to do. And so I dropped out of college and I was sort of bumping around doing crummy retail jobs kind of fell into this job, this data entry job um, for a nonprofit in um, just north of San Francisco called the Marine Mammal Center. It was really kind of, it was a dumb job. It was data entry, but I was in the membership department. And there I learned a lot about, you know, membership and fundraising and, you know, dealing with donors. And I had a boss who was a young woman and she had so much confidence and she was she was an entrepreneur. And this was like, okay, this was like 1986. I'm dating myself, but this was a long time ago. And, you know, women entrepreneurs, you know, were kind of not as common as they are today. So I was like, wow, I was looking at her and I was thinking, man, this is maybe, it just opened up possibilities for me because I never even, it never even occurred to me that I could work for myself. And so that kind of bumped around in the back of my head for a while. We ended up moving to um, Austin, Texas, and once we moved, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm I'm going to start a business, and um, I'm going to do grant writing and research, and I'm going to help nonprofits make money so they can do their amazing work. And um, I didn't really have much of anything. I had no car. I had no computer. Um, I had no money or credit card. I didn't have a spouse. Uh, you know, it was just, I didn't even have much experience. I it was pretty much self-taught. I did take a workshop, but it was for the most part self-taught. And so I was just like, yeah, got on the bus and, you know, I'd go around to different nonprofits and I'd give them my business card and totally did it the long way. It, there was no internet. So it wasn't like today. So it took three years, a lot of networking, a lot of, you know, getting out there and hustling, but it worked and the business took off. I went for like 25 years and raised about $20 million for all kinds of different nonprofits. And, and it was great while I did it. <laughs> and then, you know, life happens, you know, you're kind of, you're going along. And I, it was sort of at the point where my daughter was getting ready to go off to college and I'd been doing grant writing for 25 years. And I was like, you know, I, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? No. <laughs> There's not a lot of variation with grant writing. I mean, once you get the hang of it, once you know all the ins and outs, there's not a lot of room to explore and grow. And it's just it's just kind of cranking, turning the crank. 
And I didn't want to spend the rest of my life turning the crank. I mean, life's short. I want to, I want to enjoy life. And, and, and while I loved helping organizations, I love helping organizations. I loved that part of it. But the actual work of doing it is very tedious. And so um, I, I think I squeezed every bit that I could out of it over 25 years. And I think once that, I, I, it's run the course. And it was just time to do something else and to, um, to challenge myself. The whole sort of transition took place. It was sort of a series of fortunate and unfortunate events where it all sort of took place under because it wasn't a quick thing. It was sort of this gradual thing of my daughter went off to college. My now ex-husband got a job up in the middle of nowhere. Like we're talking middle of nowhere, West Texas, tumbleweeds, small town, nothing there. And anyway, he took the job and I was like, and I was at the point where it's like, eh, you know, what the heck? You know, what the heck? I have nothing to lose. I was living in Austin. It was getting really expensive. And I was looking around my house going, do I really want to keep working so hard to be making all this money just so I can keep this house? You know, it seemed like I don't want to live like that. I don't want to keep doing what I've been doing. I want to do something new. And so, you know, part of that process was moving up to this horrible town in the middle of nowhere and, you know, wanting to do this change, wanting to make the transition. And my ex-husband was really not very supportive and, and really into his own work. And, I, and, and so we just kind of drifted apart and that it was not a good move for that. Um, but maybe it was one of those things where it was sort of happening um, and it just sort of made it happen. How did you, you slowly closed the grant writing piece and then, or did you just do it overnight or did you phase in and out or phase out of one thing and phased into the other? It was very slow. It was a gradual because I, I didn't want to just close the door and then just, because that's a little too drastic. Um, and really over time, it kind of was a natural progression um, because as I moved away from the bulk of where my clients were based, which is in the central South Texas area. Um, you know, I didn't have a real official like online business. Yes, I did a lot of work remotely, but my clients were where I lived. And so when I left where I lived, you know, some of my clients followed me and I kept um, a couple of them for, you know, a few years. But then ultimately, you know, People retire, things change, people forget you, you know, other people come in and they're doing the work. And it's like, you know, so it was kind of like a natural closure. It wasn't like I had to close the door. The door kind of closed itself. <laughs> so what happened was I was like, I, I got to get out of this little town. This is crazy. And so I went into the closest city, um, which was Lubbock, which wasn't a whole lot better, but I met my current husband there, which was great. And he's extremely supportive of me making the change. Um, and we were like, we're both, we don't like Lubbock. We don't like Texas. We're ready to get out. Let's look for someplace else. And we wrote, you know, we'd honeymooned in Iowa and all around the Midwest. And we kind of were pie-eyed about it. You know, we were just like, I don't know. We just kind of got these ideas about it that really weren't grounded in anything. They were just like all up here. And so we were like, yeah, let's move to Iowa. <laughs> Not a lot of thought went into it. And so 
<laughs> like for all the wrong reasons, we moved to this tiny town, which is again in the middle of nowhere. Just this time it's in Iowa in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and so soon after we looked around, we were like, oh, what have we done? I think we just messed up big time. And so it was really out of that experience. You know, I'd gone and I'd gotten my coaching certification during that time. And I was like, I don't know what kind of coaching I want to do. I don't really want to go back and do nonprofit coaching. I just want to do something different. And, you know, I just got to thinking about it. And I thought, why did this happen? You know, this is crazy. Like, I how did we screw up so bad? And so it was really by kind of going back and picking through the rubble of you know, what we'd done, what I'd done during the search and what had happened. And it was like through that, that I realized, well, this is something I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about, you know, being able to move someplace, you know, you have dreams and hopes of moving someplace and having it be wonderful, you know? And then when it doesn't, it's like, wait a minute. And then it really messes up your life because it's like, how do you fix that kind of mistake? It's very expensive. Um, so I was like, I want to help other people not have this problem. I want them to be able to move successfully so they don't end up in this kind of situation because it's really kind of a drag. I think your your business today is more, more focused or 100% focused on uh, people who are looking to uh, relocate or transition into different geographically, right? Did I understand correctly? Yes, people who want to move. They're ready for a change of scenery. And the interest in this space came from your own personal experiences, I suppose. Yes, and also the fact that um, I'm, I'm very interested in the empty nest population because I think that is a time of life. I, I know it was for me and I think it is for others too, where you're like, you're looking around and you're going, okay, all right. Now, what do I want to do? What, what's, what's, what do I want from life now? This is uh, and so I think moving and going somewhere new and having different adventures in a new place is one of those things that, you know, goes along well with sort of the midlife uh, emptiness time of life. So when you do this kind of work, the market, are you, are you helping them with the emotional aspects of moving or the mindsets uh, aspects of moving? Or are you helping them with more the t tactical uh, elements of moving? Primarily, I mean, everything is in there, but my primary focus is the strategic element of it, of like, um, you know, how do you figure out which place is best for you? How do you navigate the search? Because there's a lot on there that's very confusing. And like, what are the ways that you can find what you need without getting bogged down in all the garbage that's online, for example? And so in order to do this, you do a lot of research? You do a lot yeah, of I'm a like, big researcher. <laughs> I I do love to research. That's one thing I do love to do. Right. And that's part of this research and planning are like the two big components. Right, that, right. Because I imagine the people who are um, coming to you are not necessarily may not be thinking about moving to the Midwest. They may be thinking about moving somewhere else, right? And yeah. it doesn't matter where they're thinking. I mean, you're you're not just saying, I'll help you move to the Midwest, right? <laughs> No, I'm going to help you move to the place that's best for you. And we're going to find what that place is. You know, the, the bulk of the work that you do, how, how, do you, how do you find clients? How do people work with you? 
what I do is I work with them through the research process. So we first, well, before we even get to the research, you really have to get into, you know, what you want, what's important to you, what are your priorities, what do you, you know, what do you want from where you're going to live? What is, how is the place you're going to live going to support what you want to be doing with your life? So it's really making the connection with sort of your own personal plan with how is that place going to support and, you know, you know, move you along towards that goal. Um, So there's this whole dreaming phase. So we do the sort of, it's almost like a strategic planning process for a an individual. And um, so we come up with what we call their ideal place profile. And then that ideal place profile, you know, ideal, the very word ideal is like, you're lucky if you can get close to that. So we aim to get close to it. Um, It's like, this is, this would be my ideal. And so then we go into the research process of like, like zeroing in on certain areas. And then from those areas, zeroing into certain places, and we develop a list and they get their own very own top 10 list, not the top 10 list that you see online. These are their very own top 10 lists. And then they work with all the information they collect because we work together. I have all this, what I call an online resource guide, and it helps them find the information they need without getting bogged down. Like I said before, it's so easy to get bogged down online because there's so much so it's really about going to where the information is. And so I, we go straight to the information, gather the information, and then use the information, you know, which one of these 10, how do we decide what are your top three? Because once we get to the top three, that's their short list. And we develop what we call a scouting visit plan, where we map out exactly what they're going to do when they go to each place. Because it's like... Too many times it's easy to think, oh, I'm going to go scout out a place and, you know, it's kind of like a vacation or something. And, and it, it's really not supposed to be a vacation. It's supposed, this is like, this is serious. This is about where you're going to live. And so we really want to make sure that, you know, you're making the right decision. So we, we take it seriously. And, uh, and so that's kind of where I leave them off. And if they want help after they, you know, if they've gone through the scouting visit process and they still want some extra, you know, someone to bounce ideas off of or whatever, then I'm there for that too. But mainly I want to get, I get them to the point where they have their top three and they have a plan for going to each of those places. Was there something that you learned about yourself or confirmed maybe about yourself as a result of your last career transition? Actually, it's very interesting because um, back in 1990, when I started my first business, um, you know, there really weren't many grant writers. Freelance grant writing really wasn't a thing. I mean, just wasn't much out there. And so, again, it was a matter of like, okay, well, we're just going to figure out how we're going to make this work. And, And so... I think it's sort of the same way here where it's a matter of um, kind of taking a path that's less traveled. And and that's something that I'm seeing a pattern here. That was a a not very well-traveled path. And then this one, again, is not a very well-traveled path. And I think there's something about that that I really enjoy. I really enjoy exploring areas that haven't been that explored. (laughs) You're a risk taker. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, because I think... Some people will probably have, will, you know, get the hives for, <laughs> with that, right? And meanwhile, you are energized by that. Yes. 
Yes. What What do you think helped you the most during your transitions from you know from one career to the other? That would have to be uh, my husband, who and my daughter. They've both been beyond supportive, and I honestly, I'm I'm just so grateful for them. They've they're just I love them. They're awesome. Um, so they that would be that. Um, and also, I think what's helped me is too is knowing that I've I've done this before. Like I've started a business. Like okay, you've done this. You have the the back history. So we can do this. We can do this. So that's also helped me. Um, also, our pets. I I don't know where I'd be without our pets. We have four cats and a bunny rabbit, and um, they've been extremely helpful during this time. <laughs> So a couple more questions, if you don't mind. One is, do you have a book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, it doesn't matter, but something that you read that um, made an impact on you, on you, or you really loved, and you wouldn't mind recommending? It's called "How to Be a Good Creature." It's a memoir in thirteen animals, and it's actually by a woman, Cy Montgomery. Sybil is her name, but Cy Montgomery, and. Um, it's a book about just the animals in her life. And like, um, it's 13 chapters, 13 animals, and just, you know, the similarities that she sees in animals and also just, you know, what we learn from them, what we can learn from them. I mean, she's clearly, I love animals and she clearly loves animals. And um, sort of a personal note to why this book especially means a lot to me is the first chapter includes um, uh it mentions my Nona, my grandmother, and um, because she knew my Nona and my, my grandfather, and uh, they're Scotty dogs. And so there's she mentions the Scotty dogs and how my grandmother used to teach them how to do all these crazy things. <laughs> and so it's just, it's got sort of a, it was really, really wonderful to like see her write about my grandmother because it's just, it's, it was really cool. So that was kind of a, a side note to why I really have fond fond feelings for this book. <laughs> Great. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that, uh, Margaret. So one last thing then, where can you tell us a little bit about where we can find you online? My website is harvestmooncoaching.com. By the way, where this the name Harvest Moon come from? <laughs> well, the tagline is lighting the way to your happy place. The idea of this big moon, you know, lighting your way, but gotcha, yeah, I got little, it. Okay, little okay. esoteric, I guess. But <laughs> and then I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn under Harvest Moon Coaching as well. Well, Margaret, this is fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your career story with me, with us. It was a joy to talk to you, Lou. Really fun. That wraps it up for today's episode. I hope you found this inspiring and motivating to think about your own career possibilities. Now, you will find the show notes for this episode at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 84. And again, you will find the link to Ants Thriving there where you can put your name on the wait list so you can hear about the reopening of uh, the doors for new members. If you're a frequent listener of the podcast and you like the podcast, I would so appreciate it if you would give us a rating on iTunes. It helps tremendously reach the folks who could benefit the most from this podcast. And you could also uh, tell your friends about the podcast as well. I would so appreciate that. There is no need to keep this a secret and your friends are going to love it that you share your resources with them as well. 
Now, speaking of friends, I would love for us to connect on Facebook or Instagram if you happen to hang out in these places. You can find me at Second Breaks across the social media land. Thank you so much for listening and being with me for a few minutes today. This is a privilege that I never ever take for granted. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your week. And I cannot wait to chat with you again next week. I will be back with a new topic to help you move forward with your career goals and to step into the future that you want. In the meanwhile, keep on making your debt, my friend. Cool beans.